welcome everyone to the 393 podcast called Broken Headphones on 101.5 UMFM. Today on the show, we have Alexa Dirk, also known as Begonia. Welcome on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, Begonia, my first question, or my question was about uh, how your album was constructed. I guess when I listened to your album Fear, I noticed that there's a ju- there's always like a juxtaposition of fear. So, for example, um, a song will start off with like a really heavy uh, feeling, sad melody, and then jump into transition into a more, I guess for me, a happier melody. And I I pulled together some quotes that I really liked from your record is uh, maybe I deserve it all this wasted time. And uh, and then the second quote is from the song "Put It Away." Even in our darkest hour, uh, we still have some power. So I guess my question to you is, why did you construct it the way that you did? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm like a very emotional writer, as you maybe could tell from the quotes that you pulled. But I like definitely just go by feel. And when I was writing those, it's like. When I wrote Cold Fire, which the first quote was from, that's how I was feeling. And I was kind of getting over a pretty uh, toxic relationship. And then sometimes when you're in those depths, you're just like, how did I get here? Did I did I bring this on myself? And that was just like a conversation I was having when deep down, I, I, I know I didn't bring that on myself, but it's like just the kind of opening up that conversation. And then with the end of the record, I really just wanted the end to kind of end on a note of like, hey, there's a lot of terrible things that can happen to you in your life and you can think that you bring them on yourself or not. But at the end of the day, even when you feel like you have nothing left, there's still still more inside of you, be it like from your community, from yourself, like you can always reach out for help, be it more from yourself or from the people around you. So yeah, that was the process for me. It's like, I'm just very much like bullet. Like if I think it, I write it, I say it. And then there's some editing that goes into it, but it's just like, here I am for better or for worse. So that's kind of what that's about. Did, was that, did that answer your question? Yeah, that was. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think came first or do you think, um, did you heal first and then make the record? Or did you make the, or was the record a form of healing and then you were able to release it? Definitely. I'm, I feel like I'm always evolving in that sense. So I feel like it wasn't like I finished the last song. Like at the time, I didn't even know what the last song was, but it wasn't like I put a bow on it and was like, finally, I feel amazing. <laughs> like there, I felt great when the record was out, but I'm, I'm constantly evolving in that way and, and healing and, and never done. So that's, that's how the music, I, I think for me, like keeps being made and, and that's where I draw from. It's just that experience. So, yeah. Um, so after putting out this album, which is incredible, by the way, like what goes into properly recording a tour and putting out a live album, like how does that mm. come to fruition from the idea to it having happened? 
Well, yeah. So I have a sweet kind of team that I work with to help me like realize a lot of those ideas that I have. So I definitely wanted to put together like a big show in Winnipeg. And at that time, those types of things were allowed to happen. So I kind of like executed that. And then just kind of for the sake of even myself, I was like, let's record all the nights, not necessarily thinking I was going to put out a live album, but a lot of things that I do are like this. It's like, you can have the best laid plans, like in any career, in, in any life, and then things happen and you just adapt. And that's kind of what happened there is where I recorded all of those nights, not necessarily thinking I was going to put them out. And, and half of me was thinking, I want to record these. So I kind of know where the band is at. Cause we were about to embark on like a year long tour basically. And I just wanted to hear kind of where we were sitting, what we should work on. Like it was kind of for my own sake of just like bettering the show. And then we were also filming it. And, and I, I thought maybe we'd cut a few clips for like YouTube and, and stuff, but like, I wasn't necessarily thinking we're gonna put out a full show. We're gonna put out a full album, but then shows a week after all of those shows in February that I filmed and recorded everything. I was on the road and we had to turn around and come right back to Winnipeg. And then uh, we were just here and I was thinking, okay, like what's, what's next? What can I do? And at first I didn't really have much in me to be honest. And there were a lot of people being like, all right, now we're in quarantine. This is when the artists are going to rise up and be so productive. And I was like, yeah, I'm a little bit depressed. Like, I don't really think this is like my most productive time. And like kudos to the people who just like were on the grind and got to it, but that just was not where I was at. So then I was trying to think, okay, like what do I have that I can kind of continue momentum. And I thought about those shows and I was so thankful that I had recorded them. And then kind of like over the spring, summer, we just worked on putting that visual together that we put out on New Year's of, of the show. And then we put out the live album and it just kind of felt to me like a labor of love and something that's like for the people that care, this is for the people that care. This is for the people that would have wanted to go to a show and maybe had a ticket and couldn't go. And I, I wanted to like that. I was so proud of that show and I had been working on it for so long that it just kind of felt like, okay, this is just like a gift for the people that care. <laughs> so that's kind of, yeah, why I did it. Ooh, I got a question now. Um, What's like your uh, philosophy, like when you approach live performance, like um, how do you like to communicate your energy to the audience and what sort of feeling do you kind of want to impart to people? Mm. I just want feeling in general, like in connection in general, being on stage for me, it sounds like the most cliche thing a performer can say, but I just feel this in every part of me. It's like the only place where I, step out and then I'm fully focused. I'm fully there in, in my life. I feel like from morning to night, there's just like chatter in my brain, like in about many different <laughs> varying things. And then I step on stage, it's just like all gone. And that's when I really try to just like find people to connect with. And then that's where I feel like the most kind of connected to myself <laughs> too. So I'm not really thinking, I don't go out there thinking anything specific other than just let like the, the spirit guide me. I don't know. Like I just try to go out and just like feel like, feel what the energy of the crowd is. Like I just, I try to not like plan things out 
too much because I don't like sounding like too robotic. Like you do things night after night and you see like when people laugh or when people react. So then you maybe want to do the same things, but I'm definitely not the kind of person that like writes a script and is like, this is what I'm going to do. And it's clear if you've seen a show of mine, it's very clear that I don't do that because I say a lot of dumb stuff, but like, I just try to follow the energy and I just love it so much. Like if there's like two people in the room or like a thousand people in the room to me, it's like, that's where I, that's where everything comes to focus for me. And I feel the most like myself. Thanks for the question. Speaking of performing on stage, how you described it sounded amazing. Um, and I would love to do that one day, but my problem is I have really bad stage fright. So I'm wondering if you've ever had to deal with that. And like, if so, how you get over it. Cause like, I can't even sing in front of my friend. Like I'll sing if, if she doesn't tell me to, but if she says like, okay, sing for me, I literally will sound, I will sound so bad. Like I sound so good if I'm by myself, but I, mm -hmm. I sound like I can't sing if somebody tells me to sing. So like, how would you, how would you get over that? When I first started singing, I started singing really young. And when I first started singing, I would hide behind like my parents' couch, like to sing in front of my family. Like I was, I was not always the person that would just like walk into a room and be like, hello, like that definitely developed over time. And that's the thing that I would say to anyone. And I still get nervous. I don't just walk out there thinking everybody loves me. I'm amazing. Like I, I get nervous every time in a different way, but that actually like those nerves, like mean that you care, like you don't, you don't ever want to fully get rid of those nerves in, in a way, like you have to like weaponize those nerves, like use them to your advantage. And having those nerves in you is like the adrenaline pumping. There's like some breathing exercises we could go over. If like, you want to hit me up after this, like there's certain things so great. Little tricks that I do, but like nothing fully takes that away. And the day that you are about to step on stage and you're not a little bit nervous, I would be worried. I'd be like, okay, where's the heart at? Like, where, why are you not? Like, I feel like, yeah. But I mean, the, the piece of advice that I would give, like, to try to calm it a little bit more is sing in front of your friend more, sing mm -hmm. in front of anyone, sing as much as you can, like just do like the open mics, like I, right now it's so difficult, but that's what I would say to like any kind of artist that is starting out that is feeling that those nerves of performance, the only thing that makes that easier is repetition and doing it over and over for as many people, for as few people, for your family, for your friends, for like to random online people like Manitoba music does like open mics, like just like putting yourself out there. And it is like a bandaid ripping off. But the more that you do it, the more that you become familiar with those feelings. And you're like, oh, last time I did this, nobody like no one barfed, like no one left the room, like no one cared, like people cared, but like no one cares as much as you think they do, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of that, um, something else that I'm wondering is like, if you if you are so used to your own music because you wrote it and you sing it all the time, how do you avoid losing the emotion when you perform? Like, how do you avoid just saying the words? Because if you're not feeling the emotion at the time, if you're not feeling sad and you're singing a sad song, how do you still make it emotional for yourself and like mean what you're saying? 
that's like the magic of performing for me. I, I can't always ex explain it, but like, that's like the magic of performing for different people because you might feel the same about some songs, but you're stepping in, like, especially touring, like, which I miss so much. You're stepping into these different people's lives and you're singing these songs that maybe they've only heard, but they're hearing for the first time. So I always try to tap into that because I want it to be just as connected and just as special and just as important to like, the two people in Peterborough, Ontario, in like a tiny bar to like then the sold out room in like the West End. It's like, you want that, that means something to me, like to connect in that, in that way. And also like sometimes songs can take different shapes and I like to just see where they go. For me as a vocalist, it's like, you want the band to pretty much play the same thing. Like hopefully for you, if you're hiring them, you want them to stick to the script. But for you, it's like, you can go up there and once you get so comfortable with it, there are little tweaks you can make in songs for me that I've written over years of performing them on stage, take these different shapes. And that's always so fun for me to discover where I think in the studio, I'm recording the song. I'm like, okay, this is the big moment. And then I go out on stage and do that. And then like, no one reacts. And then the crowd reacts to a completely other moment. And I'm like, Oh, I like definitely don't know everything. And that's like <laughs> fun. That's the fun of it. And you have to keep it fun for yourself too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. But yeah, hit me up after if you want some like nerve calming help. For anyone just tuning in, this is the Broken Headphones podcast on 101.5 UMFM. And we are interviewing Begonia. Hey, so this is Cade, and I have a, just a question, and I see that you have uh, some really great uh, songs and collaborations out there with like Royal Canoe, um, you have a recent one with Egg that was just released, and uh, so I was just wondering that uh, kind of at your stage that you're at in your career right now, how you go about uh, your collaboration processes or working with other artists and things like that. Yeah, well, with the Royal Canoe guys specifically, we've been pals and working together since we were like teens, like basically. So that was like an easy, like no brainer. Like they work, we work on music a lot together. And so it just kind of made sense that we would do that. And with Egg, like I've always been such a huge fan. I don't know, like it, it's, I get, I honestly, I get nervous about approaching people to do stuff because I don't feel cool. Like, as much as like people being like, yeah, it's like, I don't feel like a cool kid. I've never felt like a cool kid. So I always feel like, oh, no one wants to work with me. And then you kind of like put yourself out there a bit and eggs like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And I'm like, okay. So I still feel even with as many years, like under my belt, like I'm not, I, I still don't know what I'm doing sometimes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, and for me, it like has to be natural and organic, but like I'm working on another record right now where like there's certain songs where I like maybe have certain people I want to ask and I don't know how to go about it and then it's just like I don't know I'm still figuring it out is what I'm trying to say so the answer is maybe not the best answer but I'm on a I'm on a journey of uh self-discovery every day <laughs> trying to have more confidence in myself just to like put myself out there with other artists because you can get really comfortable in your own zone but sometimes yeah difficult to like reach out but, super yeah. neat thank you so much thank you i have another question um 
how do you come up with your your melodies for your songs like because when I, I know when I'm trying to write songs I can't come up with anything that is that sounds unique like I'll listen to an artist's work and I'll be like how did you like come up with that from scratch like just from mm-hmm. your brain so like how how do you usually come up with melodies and stuff Gosh, and that's just one of the most mystical, mystical processes <laughs> that sometimes I don't know. Because again, like for me, I am not scholastic. I barely read music. I didn't go to school. I don't have any of those kind of like foundational things of like, oh, I want to hear this note. So I'm going to, and that used to be another big like, uh, insecurity of mine but now I feel a bit more on top of that because I feel like I've been doing this like long enough that I know my own process but it's tough and it's different for everybody and again I think that it's the same kind of thing it's just like repetition like you think oh I the song I wrote is so like I keep trying to not swear I feel like I shouldn't swear on this podcast is that correct probably not okay I'm gonna not this melody is so crappy That it's like, you think, oh, well, I'm never going to write a good one again. But you have to get that out of your system. You have to like write all the crappy melodies that you have in you to get to the good one. Like you can hear the songs that I put out and you might think, oh, like your stuff is is great. Or like you wrote those songs, but you haven't heard the 50,000 terrible songs that I've written that are like sitting in a garbage because I'm not going to play those. But like, that's the process. Like, it's not, it's not like it just comes like, it's the same thing. It's just repetition, like set aside like a time every day that you just try to write a little bit and just get that kind of in your, in your like routine. And then it becomes just easier and easier. It's not something that you can just sit there and be like, why can't I be good at this? Because you haven't practiced. It's like, you just try it, keep writing, you know? Does that make sense? Thank you. Yeah. Hey, I'm back again. Uh, uh, I want to ask about another part of your music, which is your voice. Um, I remember the first time I saw your one of your shows uh, was at Clementine, the little cafe. It was amazing. So I guess I wanted to ask, was your voice something that uh, you had to, and like how much of it was like you were just naturally good at singing? Yeah, I mean, I, I started like putting myself out there singing when I was a kid, like auditioning for stuff at school and, and people just were like, hey, this seems like something that you enjoy, something you're good at. So people would encourage me, but I don't necessarily, like I think in my mind at the time I was like, oh, I'm so good. But like, I hear back like tapes and stuff. I'm like, wow, like some of that blind delusion was real. Like I definitely, and, and helped me like in a way because I was like, I'm I'm so good. So I just kept singing and I was in a bar band when I was like 18 and we would play like three times a week, like three sets a night. Well, once a week at this bar called Hooligans, which is now Handsome Daughter, we play every Wednesday from like 11 to three in the morning. And I was just singing and there sometimes be nobody there. And we would do so many different covers. And I feel like I found my voice in it huge way doing that because I would just sing all these different songs study all these different vocalists because I wanted to get like the parts perfect and then I would try for different things like oh man I'm such a huge Erica Badu fan but like I can't I don't know what I was thinking that I could like touch some of that stuff like 
And I was trying one song and she has this part where she was like wailing and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try that. Oh no, my voice doesn't do that. Okay. So it was just like learning from just like throwing a net out. Like, and then that's how I kind of feel like I sanded my voice down to like what it is in a way, just practice, like practicing and just singing all the time, like just for the love of the game, <laughs> like just singing all the time. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the question. <laughs> um, uh, who's your biggest uh, musical inspiration? And uh, yeah, like, do you try to emulate them, would you say? For me, my biggest like inspirations in like voice and writing are always just people that I feel are really like authentic and emotionally connected and just like telling their own truths in a way. And I, and that's what I feel like if anyone's asking like, how do you write songs? It's like everyone has their own story to tell. When you're trying to be somebody else, that's when it doesn't work, you know? But so the people to me that inspire me the most are the people that are just unabashedly themselves. So someone that I discovered when I was like a teenager and it really spoke to me as an angsty teen was Fiona Apple, who's a singer songwriter and who experiments with a lot of like orchestral kind of production and just was so angsty and it just spoke to me in such a way, but it's still, she's still such an influence on me today in terms of just like speaking, like telling your own story and just like, and no one can tell it better than you. And I mean, a voice like Nina Simone was always such a huge influence to me because she was also just so authentic and just like stood for so much. And then also wasn't necessarily to like a trained ear, maybe the most perfect vocalist, but that didn't matter. The emotion that came across like that to me is so important and so influential to me. It's just that emotional connection. When you hear it, that you're like, that is that person. And you're just kind of smacked in the face with it. Like those are the kind of artists that really inspire me. Mm -hmm. Um, Begonia, I just wanted to ask, so like, where do you want to go in the future with your music? Like, what are your goals for your music right now? Yeah. I mean, it is like an interesting time to make goals. <laughs> I feel like every time I make a goal or I have made a goal in the last year, something has shifted. And to me right now, my goal is to work on my mental health and to keep making music and to try and like, like I've been touring and stuff since I was like 19 and I haven't been home this much ever in my whole life, like in my whole adult life rather. So I feel like now I'm home and I'm like, okay, how can I connect to my own community? How can I like, I don't know, like just be more connected to like a home routine and like a, a lifestyle that is like healthy. And so I'm, I'm working on that. And my goals are, I eventually would love to get back on the road and tour, but I definitely don't need to be a trailblazer in that sense. I, I'll be the 85th person back on the road. I do not have to be the first person out on tour right now. Uh, I'm working towards another record. To me, like this music, this life in this career, like it's my life and it will be there for the rest of my life. So I don't have these like these goals of like make or break, like I better be famous in five years or I'm done. It's like I'm just doing this and I'm just trying to keep doing it. And I just want to keep making music that means something to me, hopefully means something to other people and just 
do what I can to like leave a positive mark. And yeah, sometimes I feel lame for not having more concrete. Like I got to be at the Grammys by 2025, but that's just not how my mind works. Like I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to live and make art. And I just feel so grateful that I get to do this for a living, even during these effed up times, like uh, to be an artist, like I just feel grateful and I just want to keep writing that as long as I can. So uh, just before we wrap up here, um, I wanted to ask at this point, um, knowing everything you know, if you were back at the very beginning of your musical journey, would you do everything the same? Is there any particular things that you wish you would have done differently? Any things you wish you said yes to or no to, anything like that at all? I don't know that I would have, that I would want to make any different decisions. I think something that I would want to say to my younger self is just like, have confidence in yourself. Like, just like, it's okay to be yourself. <laughs> and that would be just something, but I don't know, like everything, oh, this sounds so cheesy, but like everything I've done has led me to where I am now. And I'm just grateful to be here and like be doing this. So I feel, I just feel, I feel grateful. Like in my artistic career, I just, I don't think I would change anything. Um, I have another question. Um, I'm wondering what you would say the key to making music as your full-time career would be. Yeah, what's the key? It's tough because sometimes it's just like some luck but like it's it's working it's working at it it's working at it like the best that you can and that some sometimes for some people that means like dropping everything and just focusing but for other people like i've i've had jobs like and had this career like i've had other jobs like while having it for the most part i've been able to do just this for like over 10 years but like there's no there's no shame in taking other jobs you're still an artist like you're an artist and you're the only one that can look in the mirror and say that you're an artist you know like so I feel like when I first started I was waiting kind of for that validation for someone to tell me that I was allowed to be a musician that I was allowed to be an artist because I didn't go to school and I was a bit self-conscious about that and I knew people that were like in different programs and then you graduate and then it's like ta-da you're an artist or like you're a musician because you like have this like piece of paper that tells you and I never had that but then there was just like this shift in me and I don't even really know exactly how, but it's like, just no, no one's gonna tell you that but you and no one's gonna fully validate that but you. And if you know that singing is your passion, that writing songs is your passion, then you're already, you're already there. Like you're already over halfway there and you just kind of have to keep working at it. And that's, that's it. It's like, it's hard to see, it's hard to see the future like from where you're sitting and this career can be so fickle and all over the place that you think you know what's coming up and then a month passes and it's totally different. So you have to be adaptable to change, but you just have to work hard, like as as hard as you want to, <laughs> like put in, put in that work, but I'm not all for like the overtime hustle culture, like in that way. I think that it can be really actually detrimental to like mental health and all that stuff. But I say like, work as hard, take care of yourself and just like keep working at your craft. Like no one can do that for you. No one can validate that for you. So you just have to put in that, put in that time. Thank you. You're welcome.
Sweet. Um, so yeah, I got a, I got a question. This has, this has, um, do you, do you recognize my friend? But this isn't my official <laughs> question. Do you recognize? I do, I do. Unoffic unofficially, I do recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> he's the sad birthday boy. <laughs> yeah, he's a star. He's a star. I was gonna, uh, I've never been the Spotify art of any song in my life. So when I when I went to go on your album and I saw the song Fear and I saw my <laughs> birthday scene on there, I was like, damn, that's, thank you for- uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you for your acting skills. I've definitely, uh, I've definitely uh, bragged about that around. So uh, uh, <laughs> it works yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, brag anytime, use it. <laughs> friends. I love it. You yeah. killed it. So yeah, my my last question is, what advice would you give to someone who's taking their time? Yeah, don't rush, don't rush. Don't put pressure on yourself. It like, and that's the thing with music, like once you start it, it's like you, you can try to guide it, but like the beauty is when you, <laughs> this is gonna, yeah, the, the beauty is when you let it guide you. Like when there's a song and you're trying to fit it into a certain thing, it's like, like music, can teach you so much, like even just through the process. And, and I feel like it sounds like you are like a sensitive soul and like you want to put that time in. So honor that and just like, don't be self-conscious about it. You don't have to make excuses for it. You don't have to answer to anybody. Like you put that together and you put it out when you're ready and no one can say boo about it. Like that's just your, that's your process. And it's, and your process is beautiful. And then when it's out, it's so, it's so interesting how that can happen because I felt like that where it's like, this is taking forever. And then it's out and you forget all those times that you're sitting up in your room being like, why is this taking so long? Like, it's just, that's the process. And you, and like you said, it's like, you have to honor where you're at. And it sounds like that's what you're trying to do. I feel like you're on the right track, but don't rush it. Like you can't, you can't rush the magic in that way and you can't force it or else it'll come out weird you won't be proud of it and you'll regret it. It's like, why would you want to put something out that you're not proud of? And you already know. I feel like you already know. Thanks. You got it. <laughs> so uh, I'm a musician as well, go figure. Um, and I attended lots of the workshops with Studio 393 um, from like high school into after graduating was there for a while. A common exercise I noticed uh, reoccurring at, at different workshops for, for young artists was um, like to think of five words to describe them as like their brand, their act, like who they are as a musician. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if at any point you've ever had to do such an exercise, um, but I was wondering if you would maybe off the cuff be able to think of five ways to describe begonia if not it's all good that's i know that's um, hot seat but yeah yeah hot seat okay like okay flowery um a, a journalist once called me brash and i will take that brash uh you know i i like power um uh, awkward uh emotion <laughs> That's about sweet thank you so much <laughs> thanks for asking yeah for sure yeah, so, so sometimes you got to put that kind of stuff together like 
like describe your song. I feel so bad at like breaking down the art. I, I get really nervous about like breaking stuff down, describing what is this song about? I'm like, it's about toothpaste. Like I feel so dumb whenever I'm trying to describe anything, but when I'm in the zone, I'm like, oh, this song means so much. And then someone's like, all right, what's it about? It's like, oh no. But I, but I appreciate being challenged to, you know, thank, thanks for the question. That's what I'm saying. No, like, honestly, that was like really impressive. You did that like way faster than I could have. So um, <laughs> awesome. Thanks. So yeah, thanks for, uh, for coming on and taking time out of your day to let us ask you these questions. This has been the Broken Headphones podcast for interviewed Begonia. Thanks. Thank you. Such great questions.